Welcome to the Honor the Gift Podcast. I am your host, Art McCracken. I specialize in transformational leadership and high-performance coaching. I've worked with hundreds of companies and thousands of individuals along the way, helping them achieve greater outcomes in all aspects of their life. I'm a speaker and writer, but at the end of the day, none of that holds a candle to being a husband, father, and friend. I believe the greatest gift in our mortal existence is the gift of choice. How we honor that gift will shape the eternities. I also believe that career is a way of being and not just a way of life. And when you figure that out, by learning to let go of the charades and leaning into growth, life just seems to unlock itself. I know this because I've lived it. Quite simply, my calling is people experience living true. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making the commitment to lean into growth. I honor your journey. Now, let's do this. Hello, friends. Welcome to another weekly episode. In this week's episode, I'm going to introduce you to a dear friend. It's a pleasure to have him here on the show. His name's Dave Graff. And before I introduce him, I want to introduce our topic. The topic we'll be discussing discussing today is maturity. And really, the question for each of us is, are we awake? So without further emphasis on the topic and subject, we're going to dive right in and introduce Dave, bring him onto the show. Dave Graff, welcome to the show. Glad that you're here. Uh, for the audience that's listening in today, I've promised you I would bring to the show good friends, people that have impacted and influenced my life. Uh, Dave is one of those individuals. I met Dave a number of years ago. Uh, Dave has a long history of coaching and consulting He worked for the Covey organization for 20-plus years as a senior consultant. He's worked in uh, the military for 20-plus years. He has also run his own company. He's one of the founders and educators of the Four Lenses, as well as a company that he runs called Shipley. And they do coaching certifications. They do coaching across the world and a lot of fun work. So Dave comes to us this morning bright and early from... Hawaii. And I I don't even feel sorry for Dave in any essence of the word. And every time I talk to him, he's just got a smile in his voice and a smile on his face. So Dave, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. What else can you tell us about about yourself and your background? And I guess more than anything, welcome friend. Well, thanks, Art. I appreciate it. No, I'm excited to be here. And I really appreciate the the introduction. Uh, I I do uh, enjoy the the friendship that we have and the years that we've had together. Um, probably the only thing I would add uh, for me, which has been a real major component of why I do what I do, is the fact that uh, I've been married for about 39 years, um, have seven kids, and expecting in our 14th grandchild. So um, I really most of my learning uh, and and education has been centered around how do I become a better a leader. But at first and foremost, I guess uh, at home with my uh, with my spouse, with my children, and now with my grandchildren. So just trying to become better every day. That's so awesome, Dave. Appreciate that. Uh, probably more than anything, uh, I'm coming up on 25 years this year with my sweetheart, and the seasons of life of raising adult children uh, is much different than the seasons before that. And you're down the road a little further than I am, and. I think that uh, we'll have some continued opportunities to bounce ideas off of each other and seek some guidance at times. But what a wonderful stewardship being a father and husband are. And 
I'd agree with you on that, that that's a place that if there's anything that we're most vested in and our highest best work, it's in the home. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's jump into the topic today. Uh, it's a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, really the whole emphasis of this show is leaning into growth and the opportunities that growth affords us, the choices that are associated with growth and creating new habits and consistencies and leaning into living true. So let's start with that question. And I want you to give some context to the listeners today. And that question is, are you awake? Okay. The, um, probably the essence of that is, is really based in a lot of times people ask the question to me is like, when you try to say maturity, what do you mean by maturity? Uh, I think that's the first uh, question that really comes up. And when we talk about, are you awake? I define maturity in, a, in its simplest form as, is it how do you show up in each relationship and are you, are you keenly aware of how you are showing up and the impact that you are having positively or negatively on the, your, you know, your team, your family, whatever uh, organization you're participating in, but are you just even aware and, and acknowledging how you are showing up and the impact that you are having uh, in on that team or in that organization. So when I say, you know, are you awake? That's really the essence of it. Is it, are, are you just going through the motions of life and, and, and everything that has the, we call it the whirlwind of life, so to speak. Uh, and a lot of times we just get caught up in that noise that's going on and we just don't really pay attention to what's happening in our relationships and the impact that we're having on those relationships. So you bring up this notion of being self-aware uh, in the world. There's a lot of buzz around emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-actualization. Uh, obviously, maturity has been a, a term of, of evaluation and maybe perspective for a long time. Where are you seeing this show up in the work that you're doing and really in the work that you're trying to progress how are all those things kind of melding into that place? I can tell you in the 20 some odd years, I guess that I've worked with senior leadership teams and organizations and trying to uh, affect somehow culture uh, in, in improving their culture and their ability to um, get the results that they're trying to get. Um, there always comes up some key problems. Uh, trust is always a major issue that comes up uh, within these organizations and teams and these leaders. Um, communication is always number one at the top. You know, that we're not communicating well. Uh, and then probably thirdly, their, in, their inability that they have to collaborate with each other. Uh, and as I look at those three things of trust, communication, and collaboration, they are all are tied to this one conversation, really, about maturity. And it's the, the inability that the individuals have to, to see beyond themselves, to see what's uh, in front of them, uh, and to look in terms of uh, a longer-term perspective as to, again, behavior and how their behavior is, is showing up and impacting uh, their, the inability to build trust, communicate well, or, or collaborate. And so it's having a long-term impact on results. So as we show up and as we're uh, I guess a, a player in a ecosystem. Do you have some examples? I, I know we've had conversations in the past about low maturity, high maturity. 
Why don't we start with some context around that first, but then if you'll give us some examples, both organizationally at home in our communities where maybe both sides of that spectrum show up and what the real opportunity is there. Sure. Probably like at home, for example, <clears throat> where low maturity really shows up in, in impacts relationships is, is it, you know, for example, let's say I'm, I'm a parent that uh, I like things to be organized and structured and uh, I like the idea to have a system in place and, and, and that's worked well for me and that's how I've learned over my life. Uh, and because as a parent, my job is to now raise my children appropriately, I begin to try to project that onto my children. That's a low. That's a low mature behavior where where I take what's worked well for me and has has been effective for me, and I try to impose that, and, and on on my children or even on my spouse. Um, and there's not. We just don't have that. We're all so unique and different. We don't have that uh, same uh, desire, perhaps, uh, that our children do, or our spouses or our partners might have. And so low maturity shows up in the way that I, I have, you know, it's my way, I have my way to do things, and, and my job as a parent now is to teach you how to do those kind of things. As compared to really understanding uh, that the other human that I'm interacting with, understanding what is the best way to communicate to them, to motivate uh, them, and to help them to work towards our common goal. And I think that's, that's really the other uh, aspect of this whole maturity component is there there needs to be a common goal that we are working towards um, and as we do that then um, we can set aside some of our own desires to help um, that overall we can succeed so that's probably one of the best examples I think from a home perspective and there's you know, hundreds I can give you personal examples of where I failed <laughs> uh, in in those experiences um, but then in the in the organizational setting I've just uh, you know it doesn't matter what leadership group I've worked with. I mean, I've sat in leadership teams where uh, they have come together, they've created a strategy together, uh, everyone sitting in the room, uh, you know, agreeing, shaking heads, saying, yes, um, this is exactly what we should be doing and where we should be going. And then as soon as the meeting ends, they immediately walk out of the room and they go do something different. That's, that's probably the best example of, is that there's this lack of, of trust uh, to be able to speak up, to talk about what's really happening, because uh, either a leader, a low mature leader, is is not open to listen, and they've just learned that, and so they they just pretend to to play along, and then they go do something different, and the impact that that has. And so I can go into an organization and find you know multiple uh, groups going in different directions, when in reality. Um, you know, they and so the collaboration isn't there because what I what I envision as a leader of where we should be going and where you envision is a completely different place, and so thus we don't communicate well, we don't talk well, uh, and that's that's probably the biggest impact. Again, is the it's the the delay in results or the impact in in the results that we could get if we could understand this concept of maturity and and mature in in. Uh, more for the team and the organization. So I don't know if that helps. Yeah, uh, it certainly gives us some perspective. I I have a a question for you in regards to some language that maybe we begin to use in our human interactions. And I think it's this attempt to move beyond self-awareness to really self-management, leaning into that higher 
level of emotional intelligence or higher maturity as you refer to it, but it's the language of, or, or maybe not the language. The question is, are you aware that we exist or are you aware that you exist? So what I've found in, in most of my reading and just experience over the last you know, many years is that there really is two key directions that we are moving to uh, throughout our days and our weeks and our years. Um, and one is the low mature, you know, moving towards a low mature wall, I call it, or moving towards a high mature wall. And I think the real key to those is that if, if I'm not aware of this maturity, so self-awareness is one major component is, is being able to be that. But if I'm not even aware that that exists, then I'm not able to move into the self-management component of, of becoming different and becoming better, uh, which is, uh, it's, which is the high mature uh, wall. And so, so the default wall is the low mature wall. So as humans, as we're going through life, if you as my leader, for example, have not got to know me, if I'm not known to you, if I'm not, if you don't know me by name, my unique individual that I am, um, and, and I don't feel that you even notice me as a leader. So I call these the three ends that I've, uh, really have been, become important to me that if I'm not noticed, I'm, I'm not named, and I'm not known by you, then, then by default, I'm. What's important to me is me. Uh, and so, if you haven't taken time to get to know me and understand me, and and to, you know, understand my uniquenesses and how I and what I bring to the team, then that's also low mature behavior from your perspective because you're focused on you. And I think that's the key is that the low mature wall is just centered on me and that's not a negative thing. That's just the reality of, of who we are as humans. That if I don't have a bigger why, uh, as Simon Sinek talks about, if I don't have a bigger cause to set aside my personal desires and my personal you know uh, values per se, that um, I just revert to my own. Uh, and whereas if I'm, in a, if I'm being led well at home or at work, uh, then I now have a reason to turn and face the high mature wall, which then pushes me beyond self into others. And so those are the real two key components. But to be able to face the high mature wall, uh, to be able to focus more on us and we and others, um, it takes deliberate action and choice, as you talked about. So that's where the self-management component comes in, is that I, I can spend all day, you know, doing assessments and, and figuring out and, and working on the self-awareness component. But if I don't start moving, changing and improving my behavior as a human, then uh, it, then the self-awareness component really doesn't, it doesn't move beyond that. So I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware that I'm showing up and, and I begin to then justify my actions and my behaviors because, um, because it's important to me. So the real key here is, is that as you're going through uh, your daily interactions with other with others, are you deliberately, from a self-managed perspective, doing those things to understand, listen, uh, and and move uh, results in a different way? Let's do something here that that maybe you can help walk us through. If I'm an individual, what are some of the the things that I might notice or, or be exposed to personally, which would give me an indication that maybe I've, I'm someplace in this spectrum between low maturity and, and high maturity, inspired or motivated to 
become more mature, to engage others well, as we at least identify that there's something, there's something possible, how then would somebody move from that place, being somewhat aware of some symptoms and some, some challenges or opportunities, more importantly, into this place of higher maturity? What does that journey look like? And where have you seen people maybe stumble up on that as they move into self-management? I think step one, and you, you've, you've done so much work in, in a strategy and working with leaders and organizational strategy and whatnot. But um, I think number one for me is the first place to start. And, and I, I do this in every, um, almost every conversation that I have now is I ask myself the first question that I ask is is that do I do I really know where we are going do I really know where we are trying to get to whether that's we as a team whether it's me and my wife we're building a house right now do we do we have a common goal that we really really understand and <clears throat> I find that that's that step one is usually not complete which then makes it very hard from a self-managed perspective to start uh, making choices on how I change and how do I improve and how do I alter my behavior so that we can accomplish that. So with the, with the, the lack of one of my favorite quotes um, that's been part of my life for now for many, many years is, um, where there is no vision, the people perish. Uh, and I really do believe that, that where that lack of clear understanding as to where we are trying to get to. And, and do we agree, do we both agree that that is where we should be going? Um, but we, we jump right into just immediately trying to talk about how we're going to get there or, or what I want as we're trying to get there, which are all low mature behaviors. Uh, and so we end up really not able to move into a high mature, uh, I can't, can't choose even to face the high mature wall if I don't even know where it is we're trying to go to. Um, so that's that to me is this, the first step. Is is it just start? I just literally start asking myself the question when I find myself some of the key signs, um, or I, I find myself getting frustrated. I find myself uh, getting uh, irritated. Um, for me, my my personality, my temperament is such that uh, as I am working uh, and I find certain triggers for me again the, for me it's really I get sarcastic perhaps um, I, I start to becoming a jokester uh, in a way because I just for whatever reason I get uncomfortable in those circumstances and situations so so as I'm as I'm trying to figure out you know where we're going it they, these little signs symptoms for me come up pretty quickly and I'm able to to recognize okay wait a second you're you're starting to get a little more sarcastic what's going on uh, and then that may, it helps me to pause uh, and and start to really question in almost you know, again wake, waking up starts me to question why what what's happening um, and how how is it coming across to my wife to my uh, the, my coworkers, to the folks that I'm coaching uh, even as an executive coach, I found myself in, in many circumstances sometimes just getting, you know, frustrated with the the folks I'm coaching because you know they aren't moving where I think they should be moving, right? So the, which is a low mature behavior. So when we talk about um, a lot of a lot of organizations spend a lot of time and resources in taking people through emotional intelligence nowadays, they they realize that that's an important component. Uh, it's been something that's been missing. 
Uh, and so they spend a lot of effort uh, on the self-awareness component, but they don't really spend a, a very much time on the self-management component because that's that's the human component. That's where the individuals have to learn to change their own behavior. And as leaders, they've got to learn to change their own behavior. Uh, and uh, you know, it's hard enough to work on your own behavior, let alone change a whole organization, right? And the behaviors of of the people. But where the low mature, where the self-management comes in, is is it you know the the ability that I have to recognize that I'm facing a low mature wall, uh, and then being able to adjust uh, almost simultaneously into recognizing and then moving into making choices that are better choices. So, for example, um, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about the the parent that was a very structured, organized parent. Um, there's clearly a, a study style that that parent has. You know, when they were in school, when I, you know, if, I, if that was me when I was in school, um, after school I'd come home from from school and I would sit down at the table and it'd have to be quiet. I'd have my books all stacked. I'd have my folders all in order, and I would start my studying process. And it was literally a process, right? I do math first, uh, and then I do my English, and I would walk through my system, and I would do the reading, and I would complete my homework. Well, uh, you take that now into parenthood, uh, then that's how people should learn. That's how people should study. Uh, and I walk home one day, and I walk in my house, and there's my teenager sitting on the couch, and he is. Uh, headphones are on, TV's on, his, he's using his phone, uh, texting friends and TikToking and all the wonderful things that these kids do. Uh, and I say to him, you know, son, what are you doing? And he says, well, I'm studying. And I step back and I look at that and I'm like, there is no way in heck that kid is studying anything. Because I make, I do my little checklist. So you to study, it needs to be quiet. No, nope, it's not quiet. Uh, it needs to be organized. Nope, there's no organization. And so then I end up taking my approach to studying and trying to impose it onto him. Uh, and I immediately, you know, get the phones, take your phone away, turn the TV off, get up to the table, let's organize everything. And, and in that moment, I have literally impacted the relationship with my son without, with, with, with the best intentions, right? It wasn't like I was trying to ruin or hurt or damage our relationship, but with my best intentions, I thought that what I'm doing is what he needs. When in reality, um, what we really needed to do, go back to the step that we talked about earlier, is we need to sit down initially with him and let's talk about what is our goal? What's my goal as a parent? What's his goal as a son? What are, what are we trying to accomplish together from his learning perspective? And a statement that I learned in Seven Habits from Stephen Covey years ago uh, that has stuck with me, in, in whether at work or at home, is that, you know, am I trying to raise a son or am I trying to raise a student? And that just resonated with me. And, and if I'm trying to raise a student, then I'm, I, me, am going to try to teach him to be successful the way that I would be successful. If I'm really trying to raise a son, then we need to have a discussion and we need to be able to talk about what is it we're trying to do and what is the best way that we can get there. And sometimes it might be, I might have some ideas and it might come out of things that, that are important uh, that we recognize that, you know, that he can study a little bit different or it might be that I can recognize that he can study in ways that, that I'm not capable but ultimately, you know, are we are we headed towards the goal that we're trying to move to? And that's that's the maturity component, or that as we even started today, 
that is the waking up component. Am I am I even awake and recognize that I'm try, I'm trying to go through life uh, and I'm, I'm operating from a low mature perspective and am I even aware of that and what does that look like? Wow, really powerful insight. Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. If growth, personal growth and development is your thing and you're here learning and leaning into growth, glad you're here, glad you're part of the community. If you want more of this, make sure and hit subscribe in this podcast platform or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Search for Honor the Gift podcast and make sure and subscribe so that it shows up each week with new updates, new conversations, new learning, new ideas and concepts, again, to help us all in this journey we call growth and how we make it through life and the way that we show up for others. Also, if you are looking for more information, deeper dives into some of these conversations, and just an update to stay in the loop, you can always go to choiceisthegift.com and click on subscribe where you'll be uh, in the loop on things that are upcoming and more updates on this podcast. Again, thank you for being here. Now let's get back to the episode. You mentioned uh, maybe some of our habits or our tendencies or our way of being and what comes to mind is the temperaments. Uh, you've done so much work in that space. And, you know, if we go back and we look at Hippocrates and the the four temperaments that have really helped shape and continue to evolve through time in a lot of the uh, personality studies and temperament studies and persona work. If you were to look at each of the, the primary personas or temperaments of relationships, of action or freedom, of competency, of the need for order and structure, if you were to look at each of those, understanding the work that you've done and that you're involved with, are there certain characteristics that start to bubble up or show up for you on the low maturity side and the high maturity side? If you were to kind of map this out on a, on a grid or a table, take relationships as a, a dominant temperament or value how do you see low maturity showing up in relationships and where do you see high maturity showing up, which is a lot of what you just gave an example of, but if if you'll speak to each of the temperaments and and maybe just give us some, some this versus that on low maturity, high maturity. Sure. So, uh, and what I would, as I talk about this low maturity, high maturity, one of the key components that I don't think people really recognize and I'm, I'm, very passionate about this is that it really comes down to intent because a lot of times a low mature behavior and a high mature behavior can be the same behavior but the question is is what was the intent behind it so um, it's not an actual um, you know opposite if if I'm this way from a low mature behavior I'm the opposite of it from a high mature behavior Uh, and so I want to make sure that we kind of leave that lead out with that 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 um, it really goes down to again what is my intent and and this goes back to our maturity conversation is is my intent because i study this way then thus they need to study or is my intent that we need to have some level of studying but what what would that look like right so it's an i or we 
in uh, an organization, for example, in, in, in this case with my son, um, organization might be what we need, right? And he, and he can he can understand that. So, yeah. So per, somebody, let's say, is their their primary preference is about relationships. They're focused on relationships. I think uh, from a uh, a David Kiersey perspective, he calls them the NFs, the intuitive feelers. Um, uh, some low mature behaviors for an intuitive feeler would be uh, they play too small, or they play too big. Right? They're they're they're, they're it's an either or dichotomy. In other words, they just they'll just they don't they kind of minimize their impact, or they become way 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 beyond themselves. So that's a that's a low mature behavior. So whenever I see somebody really uh, going beyond um, where you know a normal human would go beyond, I'm I, I'm just kind of wondering what's going on. You know, why would they choose to be like that? Um, some others would be um, a low mature behavior for the NF or the the relationship oriented folks is that they often give in to others. They can't say no. That's that's really identified as a low mature behavior, um, and they have difficulty achieving their own goals because they're constantly setting aside their goals for to help other people achieve their. The, you know the, the the goals of the and so and a lot of people say well that why how is that in fact when I've done this with classes people say how is that a low mature behavior helping others to achieve their goals uh, and and the the response is it's not a low mature behavior helping others but it is when you're not able to achieve your goals right where 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 you set aside constantly um, which could be detrimental to a team you know you've got things that you should be working on to help the team uh, and you continually set those aside to help them meet theirs, but then ultimately the team fails. Uh, and, and then now they, oh, they, they recognize that. Um, high mature behaviors for those folks um, that we can all learn from, and this is what I love about the high mature behaviors, is we all have the capacity in all four of these different temperaments to be mature. Uh, and so what, what it would look like for any of us would be um, we're respectful. They're, they're the best. The NFs are the best at really respecting other people and, and the humans, and 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 they're they're skilled at motivating and they're great communicators. So when I'm communicating well as uh, an NF, for example, um, there's just nobody that does that better. And if I want to learn, so maturity, self-management components begins to say, wow, if I really want to learn to be a good communicator, then I would want to be coached by somebody that is you know has that as as an inherent skill for them. Uh, so that's that's the NF. The opposite of that, in terms of these uh, these temperaments, is the NT, the intuitive thinker. Um, low mature behaviors for them is they're arrogant, they're prideful. Um, it's you know I've spent the time that I needed to to gather all this information and data, so I'm pretty hard to move off the mark. Uh, not I'm not really interested in listening to the communication from you. I'm pretty much above it all. Um, pretty judgmental are some of the some of the simplest. Uh, behaviors that you can pick up on uh, but yet from a mature perspective as they now turn and face the mature wall um, they utilize that expertise to help the team move forward you know here here's what we've learned here's what we've here's what you know the the, the data and the research shows this do you think we should move this way um, probably their greatest strength from a mature perspective is they're very visionary uh, of all the four temperaments, the uh, the NT is the most visionary. They see beyond the things that when the rest of us don't see, and what a great skill that is. 
And again, maturity for me is, is the ability that I see that, I recognize that. I think that's an amazing behavior. How do I develop it? Well, I find someone that has that and I ask, how do you do that? How did, when we were sitting in that meeting last week, how did you know that these things were going on and, and, and how did you go about doing that? And so I can learn and I can grow and I can mature in that aspect. So those are the two um, the opposites. And then they have the other two uh, temperaments, the SJ, which is that parent I was talking about earlier. Um, they need the order. They need the structure. Uh, low mature behaviors for them is they're just control freaks. Um, their, their statement of preference is, is that there's, there's a right way and a wrong way to do something, and my way is the right way. That's the low mature uh, gold uh, or the SJ perspective that we have. They're, they're very inflexible. Um, if there's 10 steps to a process, they follow all 10 steps. Now, again, how is that a low mature behavior if, if we as a team really need to follow those steps? Um, it wouldn't be. It's, it depends on the intent. If, if we really do need to, if the best thing as a team that we've talked about to get to our goal is to follow these 10 steps, then we should follow those 10 steps. So that's the, you know, the, the mature behavior is is that whatever the process is that we agree on, they're the best at following the process. Uh, and so that's the that's where they so they're still it's still process oriented, but it's it's not necessarily my process. It's the process that we would we would follow. Um, high mature behavior for the SJ is also they they are they're focused on the goal. They're focused on the result. Um, none of the other temperaments really have that as a focal point. And so that's a very high mature behavior for them to, to, to be able to see where we're going, to be able to measure against that, and, and they focus on the result. Uh, and they're also good at institutionalizing best practices, which, again, a lot of organizations I've seen that is, well, now we're, we're minimizing creativity and, you know, we're, we're taking away the freedom that people have. Uh, whereas, no, if we've found a good way to do something, why wouldn't we want to you know, make that so that we can multiply that over and over again. And then the opposite of the SJ would be the SP. Uh, low mature behaviors for them, probably the best. It's just about me. Uh, low mature SP is it's a, I, I'm constantly looking at how this is impacting me. And am I having the fun that I want to have? Um, rules don't apply. Low mature uh, SPs, rules don't apply to them. Uh, you're you're driving down the freeway and you see a line about a mile long to the exit getting off. Uh, they don't get into that line, low mature orange. They'll drive all the way up the front and at the very last minute cut in, right? So that's that's the low mature behavior. It's just rules don't apply to them. Uh, they're ruled by their gut and they live in the moment. Whereas a high mature orange, they they love to explore and see the possibilities. So as a team, they're the ones that have in an immediate perspective is. Well, we let's try this. They're not afraid to try new things. Um, they are about energize energy. They create action. So if I was to kind of put all, imagine if it, if, I, if if we were part of a team that had expertise, uh, asking, you know, we had we had people that could ask thoughtful questions, could really challenge the status quo, people that could create action and move out, uh, people that were able to follow process and, and complete the results that we're trying to get to, and and just good communicators and very respectful what an awesome team that would be if we could if we could create a team where the humans and those are all mature behaviors and that to me is the the key is that the the, the greater level of maturity that we can develop 
throughout our leadership, um, the better and faster the results that we will get. So I, I really do believe that this idea of maturity is is key and essential to organizational success, or the lack of maturity is key and essential to hindering our ability to really achieve the success that we want. So what I'm hearing you say or imply that this there's really two elements of this, and, and I think you know, if we look at Carol Dweck's work on fixed mindset versus growth mindset, if if mm-hmm. we have leaned into or provided some consideration for growth, we're probably looking at ways that uh, we can become our best self, so self-actualization. And the second would be having some level of impact and influence in the world. So you have some organizational or community or familial impact that goes beyond self. And so as mm-hmm. I as I think through this, Dave, I I look at choice being such an integral part of of new effort or even just something to consider. We've talked about maturity as a as a human skill set today. And as we look at choice, maybe the first choice that we might make is just a choice to be inquisitive, to maybe Take some time to be reflective. Take some time to assess maybe where we're at, looking at relationships, looking at impact, looking at uh, how we show up in an organization, some of our triggers, as you mentioned earlier. But that inquisition is probably an important part of that process. Secondly, would be some level of acknowledgement and consideration of the facts or the things that are starting to bubble up. But from that place, I think is probably the the strategic inflection point, if you will, which is, am I going to do anything with that information? Now that I've spent some time with it, I've been reflective, I have new data, do I have any any new intent? What do I intend to do with that information? And if there is intent to take it and use it for growth rather than a, uh, an absolute or a justification for how I am, that intent and choice to do something with it really gives us an opportunity to say, okay, if, if we're going to do something with it, is it going to become a necessity that drives to some level of new activity or new action? And so in that string of events, is there a way for someone to to evaluate or assess their maturity? Are there tools out there? Are there resources? I know that there are resources on the temperament side of things and probably evolving emotional IQ tests and and self-awareness, but is there something specific that you're aware of where somebody can check their maturity against their value sets, against their temperament, against the way that they're showing up in the world? Yeah, well, we... Uh, I'm not. I'm not aware that there's a specific assessment out there that uh, beyond we we have just finished uh, and it's we're just launching it into the marketplace. Um, a maturity assessment. We're calling it. It's our four lenses, which is the basic foundation for our self-awareness um, assessment that we have. Uh, we're now uh, just finished creating a four lenses maturity assessment, which which assesses. An individual against thirteen virtues <clears throat> that are common to all all four temperaments. So we can take we can take a virtue of respect, for example, uh, and and 
define what that looks like and then measure against it and see by temperament, by my Dave Graff's personal temperament, um, <clears throat> get my report where I can I can see the the essence where my gaps, where my strengths are, and it, it's pretty obvious where my strengths will come up by temperament. But for the first time, I start to see also then um, the the gaps and where those gaps exist by temperament uh, in terms of these thirteen virtues. Uh, and then we're we're putting together a process by which one one of the things that I've um, really realized over the last well, it's been probably started this about 15 years ago, but formalized it about five years ago now, is this idea of coaching. That to, to really change behavior um, as, as much as I want to and I desire to and I know that I need to, um, for a lot of, for most of us humans, it's just hard to change our own behavior on our own. Uh, and so by having some level of coaching, mentoring, and accountability built in to a behavior change process, that's how I, I, I learn how to do the things that you just identified, Art, uh, that we're, you know, how do I recognize, uh, how, do I, how, do I, how do I begin to move out with that recognition, and what is it that I do? And then now that I recognize and I want to move out, then how do I actually begin to change? Uh, and so... It's through the identification and then the interaction with a coach um, at some level. I'll tell you, my, my biggest coach over my life has been my wife uh, and my children. Uh, when I've wanted to change something, change a behavior of some kind that's identified, for example, by one of these virtues, um, that you know, I just let them know that I, I, re I recognize that how I, how I have been communicating to you is hindering my ability to be a, a good dad. So here's, how, here's the kind of dad I want to be. And so now if I'm interacting with you in ways that are not in alignment with that, let me know. Help me. Recon help me to recognize. Um, and so they, they've they, my kids have loved to been my, be my coach, right? They're probably, they were more, my, I had a seven-year-old that was so excited to be my coach, right? To help me to, to be more kind. Um, so I think that's the key is, is that, yeah, so you, the answer to your question is yes, we, we have designed an assessment. Uh, we'll be launching that. Um, the goal will be to have that launched uh, by uh, August 1st, because it's not just an assessment. It'll be a whole process mm -hmm. by which you take the assessment, you can sit down with the coach, you can identify a direction moving forward, and then you can, we can, you know, you can either do it on your own with a, your own coach, or you can do it with us where we have the ability to walk you through a 90 day coaching process for behavior change. Um, and we found that it takes about 90 days to change a behavior, not a life, not my whole Dave Graff, just change a behavior. Um, but once we, once I go through the process and see how that's done, then I can continue that journey to get better and better. Um, so that's that's what we've found. So you know, yes, we have a, we have the ability to do an assessment. Um, anybody that is listening to this podcast uh, today, um, if they you know interact with you and however they interact and get back with you, I'm happy to send. I can send the link out today. Uh, we just haven't launched it officially uh, as a process, but I'm happy to provide that to anybody that uh, that you interact with uh, through this process so they can at least get the assessment and then i'm happy to you know either you or i can just get on the phone and talk with them about that yeah so i i think that would be awesome i'm in i i definitely am interested in in that assessment myself and in evaluating where i'm at and where i have some opportunities some blind spots uh 
that's the unique thing about a blind spot is we don't know what's there. We don't see it. And so <laughs> right. if, if there's a chance for new discovery and new awareness, I, I'm always game for that. So appreciate that, Dave. Appreciate that offer to okay. this audience. Uh, we'll get that link and, and get that published so that people can go and take that assessment. A uh, couple things in closing. You have had the opportunity to work with so many leaders, uh, and you've been a leader in my life, but from Dave's perspective, what is leadership? I, I clearly articulate uh, as I work with leaders, and this is really, it's a great question, and, and I'm not trying to get around it because my answer will be very clear here. And, but I ask that question to every leadership group that I stand in front of. To my very first session with them, I'll say, so what is leadership? Uh, and I will get, you know, dozens and dozens of, well, leadership is mentoring. Leadership is communication. Leadership is, you know, taking care of your people. What I mean, there's just all kinds of answers that come. But over the 20 years that I've asked that question, very rarely do I get this answer. And, and that is that leadership is, uh, or the responsibility of leadership or great leaders get results. So it's about getting results. Now there's a whole, you know, whole bunch of work that goes into that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, leadership is about taking a team, a group of people, an organization towards a direction and, and growing and progressing and, and, and getting results. So we could, uh, we could spend lots of time in courses and in classes and learning how to communicate better and learning how to treat each other with more dignity and respect and and so on and so forth which are all maturity behaviors by the way um, and and not really achieve the whole purpose of our design uh, and so to me great leadership is understanding what that purpose or design is and then executing on it uh, and with that then becomes uh, Two, two key components that I believe that great great leaders possess. Uh, and one is that they're, they have an ability to be very intellectually smart. And then the second is where I'm really spending most of my time because this is where the gap is, but they're also very human. Uh, and people really expect two things from their leaders. They need a leader today that is both smart and human. And that's the gap that we're finding. That a lot of leaders over their careers have had focused on becoming very technically proficient as a leader, um, and I call it outsourced the humanity part. Mm. Uh, and people aren't accepting that anymore. If I, if again, if those three things we talked about earlier, if I don't believe that you notice me, uh, that I'm known to you, uh, and, and that I'm named, and meaning that you, you 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 see me as a unique person. If you don't, if I don't feel that those three things, you could be the smartest person in the world, and it just doesn't. I'm I'm not going to understand. Not going to follow. Um, and so now it's 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 not diminishing the smart. It's increasing the human component. And that's this whole maturity. And and that is really, for all of us, that's our challenge. I I, I say that we all have two challenges in life. One as a leader is to understand my own maturity level and how do I develop it and grow that. And two then would be how do I help raise the maturity level of those that I lead. And I believe I could resolve a lot of problems if I just focus on those two key things. It's a long long answer, but it's leadership for me first is about getting results, but then it's the how. Yeah. Right? How do we go about getting results? appreciate that, Dave. I think that you bring up one of the I think, critical 
places for people to really sink sink themselves into when it comes to growth, and that is in order to be effective, to have an impact and influence on others for good, uh, we must first have the ability and, and lean into having the impact and influence in ourselves first. Yeah. That, uh, we, we grow that that inner self and, and work on that, and that becomes uh, a primary focus, not from a place of of selfishness, but from a place of responsibility, and then the impact and influence that we can have on others really becomes more of a tangent, uh, exemplary role in taking the things that we've learned along the way and, and sharing those with others and allowing them to lean into their own journey. Uh, you get this from the, the world of coaching very deeply, but uh, fabulous points, Dave. Thank you. Uh, last, well, two, two things in closing. I always ask my guests, what does it mean to live true for you? Uh, to live true to me is is it to clearly have uh, a, and I have a, a con- personal constitution, a document that I've created that lists my, my mission, uh, my values, my vision. Um, and to live true is to be aligned to that. Um, I call it uh, the word that I use, uh, you know, learned years ago, and from again, uh, speed of trust from Franklin Covey, speed of trust content, is that to be true is to be congruent, uh, and to be congruent to those values that I've espoused are are my values, uh, and to live each day, uh, and to be become more congruent. I always ask the question to folks, like, how long should it take for me to become congruent? <laughs> and, and it's a lifetime. The the question is is it are, again are you awake do you are you even aware of your your alignment and so that to me to be true is to be aligned uh, and be aligned to something that that I've clearly articulated or then for me and my wife to be aligned to what we've created or a family or and just keep expanding so to be aligned is to me is is the key to that single piece of advice for somebody that. Uh, comes up to you, you don't know, stops you on the subway, says Dave, or, well, I guess if they don't know you, they don't know your name, but they ask <laughs> you, uh, they just ask you the question out of the blue. What would be the single piece of advice you'd give me to have a better life? What would it be? It would be to, to, to stop and pause and think about how you show up. Uh, every minute, every hour, you know, in every interaction, it's just to just stop and just stop and pause and recognize what's going on around us. That's that wake up call to humanity. I call it is that, that we're, we're, we've just gotten caught up. And I think a lot of what we've lost in, in, in humanity is the inability to just recognize others around us. So it's been what I, that's what I work on anyway. It seems to be working so far. So well, that brings us full circle. That's how we started the show with the question, are you awake? Uh, for those listening, tuning in, subscribing, downloading this episode, thank you, Dave. It's been an absolute pleasure. Every time I talk to you, I learn something new. And again, so grateful for your mentorship and more importantly, your friendship. Uh, for the guests, remember that growth is always a choice. Until next week, my friends, make it a great one. And remember to always honor the gift. Honor the gift.